Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is good, everybody? Rob Stats Carrera here with you, trying out a brand new show on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. It's the best of show. I always describe our network here as a football buffet, right? If you don't like the chicken, try the fish. You don't like the fish, try the pasta. Something for everyone. You don't have to like all the food we offer. But I'm aware that a lot of you probably don't listen to every show that we do. So I thought a best of show would be a cool idea for you to get a little sample of maybe some of the other people on our network that you don't regularly listen to. So what I'm going to do is take about five minutes from every show that we've done this week and just string them together. Maybe you heard it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't finish an episode or whatever. But just little clips, the best clips, frankly, of the week, every week for you. If you love it, great. If you don't, great. Let me know in the comments. Leave a review. I always, always, always want to hear from you. First up, me and Vish on Monday under review. Let's get into some of the training camp stuff, some of the quarterback stuff. I know something on your mind is you are very wary of the training camp stats. Yeah, I think at some point these training camp stats, we've gone too far, right? At first it was just, hey, like, I don't think this quarterback had this good of a day. The ball hit the ground a lot, and this is why. I saw him complete these throws and these throws, right? The first person really to do it was Grant, right? And Grant gave training camp stats not as a means um, to deliver a statistical profile of a player, but as means to further context because Grant would come out of a practice and say, this person looked good. Um, This person, Mayoko or somebody else may come out and say, no, 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 that person didn't look good. So then Grant would read from his notebook, this is what this person did in this practice. Now you tell me if he's good or bad, 
I, because of all of these things, said he was bad, right? It was additional context. Then at some point, we got these training camp stats and we started using as an objective metric, right? Like they started getting put on a spreadsheet and people started saying, well, if you complete 54% of your uh, um, passes over the course of a training camp, like that's not good. And this is where I have an issue because we don't evaluate quarterback statistical profiles, right? And then just say, well, this quarterback is this good. They're this bad, right? Jimmy Garoppolo had top five numbers how many different times when he was playing with the 49ers? Now, he always got injured, so he never had the cumulative top five numbers, but he was always somewhere around there, and none of us thought he was a top five quarterback. Why? We would add context to those stats. Well, these were the throws he made that every quarterback can make. Well, these were the stats. You tell me what he did here that was so special. He plays on a good team with good weapons and a good system, so that's why he's putting up stats, right? Similarly, that exists with training cap stats too, right? Like, so I'll give you an example of a bad rep and an incompletion, right? Let's say that Shanahan calls a play, quarterback does his job, gets a little bit of pressure, moves out of the way, throws the ball exactly where it's supposed to go, ball ends up getting broken up. Everybody's going to write that as a bad rep, right? Ball got broken up, that's a bad rep. Shanahan might turn on the film, you know, at six o'clock when, or whenever he watches it with his dad and be like, damn, that was great process from the quarterback. Now that rep didn't work. But when we game plan for teams, we start installing, we start putting in specific plays against specific defenses, the way that guy got to where he was supposed to go with the ball and how quickly he got rid of it and how accurate the ball was, that is great process that works. Right. And so that's where the context of these stats matter. And I, I don't think it's the reporter's fault. They're watching these plays in a split second. There's no way they can add the context. They can only give you the results of the plays. But I think we've gone too far into, well, this guy was seven for nine. Well, this guy practiced with Brandon Ayuk, so his stats are better. Because nobody is evaluating if this guy is seven for nine or seven for 10 or seven for eight in a practice. It's what is the process of him getting his decisions? The best example I can give you of this is why do you think the media reported so negatively on the quote-unquote practice stats of Brock Purdy last year in limited reps, and Shanahan still felt so good about those limited reps that he elevated him to be the backup quarterback prior to them re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo over a guy in Nate Sudfeld that they gave $2.5 million um, uh, fully guaranteed. Why do you think that is? It's because in those two reps that Brock Purdy got, his process was great. Now, he might not have done anything spectacular – from a visual standpoint to the media, but to Shanahan, he got the ball. He went where he was supposed to go with the ball and he did it quickly and decisively, right? That's what he's looking for from his quarterback. And so that's where all of these different, you know, differences of opinions exist. And I think that this offseason, given with that we have added the quarterback competition, um, you know, little story, to this entire thing, we've put in way too much stock into seven out of 10, eight out of yes. 10, nine out yes. of 10, let alone Rob, we did it too far in before in four days of practice that pads aren't even on, right? Pads yes. aren't even on defense is way ahead of the offense. You're not even able to block guys in front of you. And we're comparing seven for nine and six for 10. This is, this has become obnoxious. This has become excessive. And now we're just getting to a point where we're ruining football discourse when we say, well, this guy was better because he was seven for eight in a practice. Like, shut up. Get out of here with that. That sucks. If the quarterback is playing well, he's playing well. If he's not playing well, he's playing well. But please stop saying, well, he was seven for seven. So this guy played well and he was eight for nine. So that guy played well. And then my last point on this, too, 
Holy crap. Do you need me for any of this? Yes. Yes. Cause I, I need you for all of it. Cause you, I need you to respond. But my last point on all of this, before I let you go and I'll let you go for however, ever long you want to go. Okay. I'll, I won't have my water bottle, but I'll just sit back and listen to you. But my last point, now you just made me forget my last point. You know what? You go. Yeah. Our next clip comes from our Tuesday show, which I filled in on this week alongside Steph Sanchez. The Mike Silver article came out last night. I was tweeting about it. I saw a lot of people very upset about the Silver article. I called it Trey Lance's 49ers obituary because to me it was the most damning article I've seen on him. Uh, I, if you're watching on YouTube, I just threw up a clip, uh, a portion of it that Bonta Hill tweeted out. And Silver's take is basically the Niners should keep the best three quarterbacks. And if Trey Lance isn't one, then they should get rid of him. As Silver writes, that might mean trading Lance, though his current value isn't something the Niners front office surely would find depressing. As I reported last week, the Niners weren't offered anything better than a fifth round pick this spring. It's possible that impressive performances in next week's joint workouts against the Raiders and in the preseason could juice that up a bit, as could waves of injuries to other teams' quarterbacks. Worst case, the 49ers could cut Lance. And yes, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this scenario is not outside the realm of possibility. Simply put, after the way last season ended, Shanahan no longer has the luxury of messing around. Steph, do you think Mike Silver is being unfair to Trey Lance? Um, I, I don't know about unfair. I, I just thought I, it was harsh. <laughs> it was harsh. And to even suggest that Lance isn't one of the best three quarterbacks on this team was an insult. Like I, I didn't even need to see all these practices to know that Trey Lance is better than Brandon Allen. And I, I think even seeing it yesterday, seeing these quarterbacks yesterday, like, Trey Lance is better than Brandon Allen. Like, what are we even doing here? So what what is the point of this article? What is the point of even saying that the 49ers might need to cut ties with Trey Lance if he's one of the best three quarterbacks on the team? I like I in in on any day, but he put this out the day that Trey Lance had his best day of camp. And some were saying it's the best day he's had since he's been with the 49ers in training camp. This was best camp out of all the camps that he's been at. So I, I think that was crazy. That was nasty work from, from Silver to put this out at, at the time that he did. Um, so that poor that portion of it is, is unfair. Like to do it on a day where he did well, uh, don't even get me started about that. Um, you know, chat GPT bot on Twitter, Dov climbing or whatever the hell his name is. I, it's just, it's so what's unfair is how some people report on Trey Lance. Like, because I don't, I don't think it needs to go down that, that path of being so, I don't know. It's just, it is unfair. Why, why speak on him that way? Dude, Dov put that tweet out like what the other day that Lance was struggling because I think it was after Friday's practice. Um, Sure. But today or yesterday he was crickets this morning. He puts out a tweet with a video from OTAs from one of the (laughs) bag drills, one of the bag drills. Um, where Lance kind of, you know, sailed it a little high on during a bag drill. Uh, and 
he's he reiterated that he's struggling right after the day that Trey Lance looked the best that he had looked in training camp. What are we doing here? Like that's that's what's nasty work. That's what's nasty work is when people go out of their way to say bad things about Trey Lance, even in the face of him doing well. Like that doesn't even make sense. And to me, that just shows that there's some there's some bias out there against Trey Lance and that a lot of people have. And it it it's it goes beyond just the fans. Like there's it's in the media as well. And and so that's what you know, bothers me the most because I don't think that's fair to Lance. Yeah, you you can say a lot of things that are fair, like the fact that, yeah, he's gotten hurt. He did have the opportunity to be the starting quarterback last year. He got hurt. That was unfortunate. I understand why he's not the QB1. He's not, be, he's not being handed that position right now. Brock Purdy did great last year. But come on, there are, there are certain things that – people are just reaching to say bad about Lance and it's despicable. It's, it's really, it's really nasty stuff right now. Here's more from the silver article though. It might upset the it's not fair crowd. Lance has had opportunities to seize this job. He started two games as a rookie and made some situational substitutions in the early part of the season, then had an entire off season training camp and preseason as the unquestioned number one on the depth chart. Some young quarterbacks would be thrilled to get so many chances. And to be clear, by so many chances, we mean the 262 total (laughs) snaps that Trey Lance has taken in his entire 49ers career. And like I said, you you could understand, like I think the average fan understands why why Brock Purdy is a starter and Trey Lance is fighting for a backup spot. Like I think most reasonable people would understand why that is. But that being said, you can't then say that Trey Lance is going to get cut, that he isn't one of the top three quarterbacks on this team, because that is something entirely different. That is what's not fair. It's not the fact that he's competing for a backup spot right now. Sure, like that is what it is, and I understand why the 49ers are in that position where you know he's, he's fighting for that spot. But come on, I, I just can't I can't see him getting cut. I think that would be that's what would be unfair if, if the 49ers cut him at this stage. He looks better than Brandon Allen and he's getting way more reps than Brandon Allen too. Like for all they invested in him, the least they can do is stick it out and just see if he can turn a corner at some point. And again, coming off of him having one of the best days he's had in camp. Why can't we just wait and see? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Wednesday, I was lucky enough to be joined by Jack Hammer from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, who says the time for Russ and Brock Purdy, yeah, that's over. You had mentioned like the the way that Brock's been covered versus the way that Trey's been covered because they mm-hmm. both dealt with injuries. If we have a moment, is that something we can get into? Oh, yeah. No, please. If you have any issue with anything I've said, I love bring it up. Like if I can't defend it, then that's on me. So go ahead. No, I don't have an issue with it. I, I, I don't have an issue with it, but I think this is it's an interesting topic because a lot of people have been mentioning this. I've seen this pop up a lot from a lot of different people on Twitter. And I think it's there's a couple of reasons I think it's different. One. Before Brock, before Trey Lance stepped onto the field for the beginning of OTAs, we'd already seen him throwing the ball. We already knew that he could throw. We already had his quarterback coach telling us how good he was going to look, right? With with Brock Purdy, we hadn't seen him throw a pass at all since the NFC Championship game. We hadn't heard anything really from Brock in terms of where he was with his rehab. We hadn't heard from his quarterback coaches that he's worked with where he was. We had no idea until day one. Um, so from that standpoint, I think that's some of the, the differences. Um, and then also, I know, like for me, with my stuff, I, I don't watch, I can't read everybody's stuff. So I can't speak for everybody. Like, But for, for me, the day one of OTAs with Trey Lance was all about watching him throw. I was excited to finally get out the practice, see this guy throw, heard about how he looks. I want to see all that stuff. And uh, and it fit. And then it was kind of the same thing with, with Brock Purdy. And then you kind of just, there's just the, I think the social media thing, when it comes to these quarterbacks with the 49ers, I think that's what drives and it separates us. And we don't really, I think a lot of us are on the same page with where we want it, what we're talking about, but just because everybody has to pick a side, it seems like, uh, I think that's really changing the discussion. And it, you could be right about that. When I tweeted that tweet, I know the, I think I know the one you're talking about because I used the word rust multiple times. My, I was just thinking that it felt like to me and, and it, Look, you're there, so you know you obviously see it more than I do. But it felt like to me that all of Brock's sort of bad throws or bad plays were just chalked up to rust, and none and all of Trey's were because of like character deficiencies, right? Or or deficiencies <laughs> as a football player. Sure. And I was like, hey, this guy's coming off an injury too, and he he's literally has not played. I mean, he still hasn't started and finished two straight games since 2019, and so. Yeah. That's where I was coming from with that tweet. No, and I hear it. And that's I the, the whole the whole rust thing. I, I don't really buy into it as, as, you know, maybe day one. It was, you know, one, two, those first couple of days, maybe a little bit of rust just because the, those were the first days of camp for him um, after not really throwing the ball very long. What have you? Um, but that's gone. We can't be we're, we're not talking. We shouldn't be talking about rust from on. Uh, the practice yesterday and the practice on Tuesday, it, it needs to be gone. That It's how is he performing? And, and again, it's not just a completion percentage. We're going to get all tied up in that. But if you have somebody that can, and whether it's myself or Kyle or whoever it is you want to read, find somebody that's giving you details of what these guys are doing and not just giving you the numbers and not just giving you a play or two about what's happening during the day. The more information you can get, the better you're going to understand what's happening. And I think you know, I, I haven't, I don't think I've mentioned rust in any of my stuff. Um, you know, I, I did give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt uh, after the first day, just because it was all about how does he throw? What does it look like? Those kind of things. But beyond that, like, that was the story of that day. Just like the story of day one for Lance was um, how does, how does his throwing motion look and things like that. So it's a balancing act, man. It, it really is because you want to, you want to make sure that you're, you're being fair to the player 
uh, but you're also wanting to make sure that you're, you're giving a little bit of critical analysis of what they're doing. And you can be, you can say, you can say six good things about a player and the, the two bad things that you say uh, are, are what everybody blows up about. It's, it's, it's wild. Yes, I agree. And I'm on board with you, by the way. Good. Let's throw rust out. Rust, all the rust has been worked out. Now it's just a matter of what they're actually doing. I do also think for Brock, it's going to be a little different this year. You know, last year, the season was circling the drain when he came in and he sort of rescued the team because we all thought there goes the Super Bowl year potentially. We're on our third string quarterback. He's a rookie. And all of a sudden he comes in and it's like, whoa, we're still in this thing. We can do it. And so any mistakes or anything that he did was kind of like, hey, you know, what can what else can you expect from this guy in this spot? But this year, that's not the case. This year, you are the presumed starting quarterback for a team with Super Bowl or bust expectations. And so I think the evaluation of Brock Purdy is going to be a little different. I don't think he's going to have that sort of honeymoon grace period that he had last year. You know, and, and that's a, that's an interesting comment because, you know, this is the guy we, we so many times when you look at it, it's like, yeah, but he was the, he was the last guy in the draft and all those kind of things. And and I, I do get caught into that sometimes. But at the same time, um, I also try to look at it as he's just a good NFL quarterback. I don't care if he was taken in the last round or not. He's, you know, he, he's an NFL quarterback. He should be looked at that way. So when we look at Brock Purdy, I'm not going to look at him differently this year. And the reason I say that is because I don't feel like I was that much with him last year. I feel like if Brock Purdy goes out and he does exactly what he did last season, he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. He's going to put up the best numbers that the 49ers have seen uh, since Jeff Garcia in terms of, you know, 4,000 yards and all that kind of stuff. If he can, and so, and I know, and people are nitpicking him, and that's fine, nitpick it. That's that's what happens. That's what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, so I don't really argue with it too much. Uh, but this is a guy who, there's there's been, I think some of the narratives around his game um, have been overblown. Um you know, we talked a lot. We've had people talk a lot about turnover-worthy plays, and and it was something that they they hammered Jimmy Garoppolo for, right? And then they they kind of are doing the same. They don't really like it when it comes to Brock Purdy, though, because the numbers that PFF is putting out don't really. They're like, ah, PFF doesn't know what they're talking about all of a sudden because they don't like the data, right? And you look at it with with Trey Lance. It's a small sample size, but I don't like that either. So it's it's you know we all kind of pick and choose and. Uh, Sometimes it's 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 uh, that the narratives around players, depending on who you're listening to, really depend on uh, lots of different things. Thursdays features the original Gold Standard podcast with myself and Levin Black. This is going to be kind of like a therapy session because of all this quarterback stuff. I think 49ers fans have been put in a very interesting position that not a lot of fan bases can really relate to. Yeah, that's the part I'm personally struggling with. For since training camp started, especially with Purdy back, but even before then, it, it's a position I don't think the 49ers have ever truly been in. You could argue Joe Montana, Steve Young. I think that's a little different of a case because one was a known Hall of Famer and one was somebody that was playing at an MVP level when he got a chance to play. A little different of a situation. The reason why I think this one is unique is you have two quarterbacks that are very young that you think have a decent chance of being the franchise quarterback for the next decade. And you want to see what they can do. And the problem is, is only one of them can succeed. 
you know, yes, both might get a chance due to injury or ineffectiveness of who starts, but only one of them will be able to succeed because if the first person who starts succeeds, the second one's never playing. And if the first one that plays doesn't succeed, the second one will play and hopefully succeed. But it's a unique position because normally when you have two quarterbacks that you might want to see starting, it's more like what we saw the last couple of years where you have a veteran who's a little older that might not be around for a full decade, but you think you could get a couple of good years out of for sure in like the Jimmy Garoppolo situation with Trey Lance. Hey, we know this is an established vet. We know what he is. He's, we think, good enough to probably win a Super Bowl. He's just not great. Or you have, you know, other situations where you have a veteran who's even older that you know is more of a bridge quarterback with the young guy back there, like an Alex Smith and Trent Dilfer situation, that rookie year for Alex Smith. This is two young guys that aren't proven enough to know anything about them truly that you want to see play, but you can't. And so you feel like you almost have, you don't want to pick sides, but you naturally kind of have to, but at the same time, you're trying not to, and you're trying to root for both of them. But at the same time, you can't really root for both of them because only one of them can play. It's a weird position that every single day I feel differently about. And I feel almost like a guilt. You know what I mean? Because I find myself, I don't think it's any secret that I've I've been on the Trey Lance train for a long, long time. Long before he got drafted, he's a North Dakota state guy. I lived in North Dakota while he was there. So I kind of have a little bit of a bias there. I want to see what he can do. And I feel guilty because sometimes I find myself like when I heard Purdy through an interception, my knee jerk reaction was, ooh, maybe Trey Lance will get a chance. And then (laughs) I was like, no, like, why am I rooting against Purdy? Stop it. You know, so you're almost fighting against your own nature. It is a zero sum game. One guy starts. That means the other guy has to sit unless the 49ers decided to do something really crazy. But with Montana and Young, the only issue I feel like is that Montana kept getting hurt. That was the problem. And then Steve right. Young was there. And when he would come in, people would be like, damn, why don't we just go with this guy who doesn't get hurt? And, you know, sorry, Joe. That was where the whole controversy was. It wasn't, is Joe Montana a good quarterback? We all knew he right. was. Hell, he went to the Chiefs and immediately went to the AFC championship game. Uh, this is different because they're both young, because of the complete polar opposite of where they were drafted. Literally the complete opposite ends of the draft. Well, you don't um, normally have like two two guys that were drafted young that haven't gotten a chance yet. Like that, I right. think that that's the position. Normally, oh, we drafted this guy. We gave him a chance. He started for a season. He wasn't good enough. So we drafted a second guy. But we still think this guy maybe has a chance of suddenly seeing the light. You know, it, that's more like the Sam Darnold situation. This isn't a Sam Darnold. That's the unique part of it. But we are on the same team. Like, I know we talk about choosing sides, but we are on the same team. The The team that we're on, the side that we've chosen is we want the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. That's the side that we're all on. The, what, what happens is we just have different ideas of who we think gives them the best chance to get there. Or but just we a are. preference of seeing one over the other. Right. We are on the same side, but I, I'm not going to lie. I agree with you. When I see like, oh, Brock had a tougher day. Trey had a good day. I get happy because I want Trey to start. And I think that's okay for this time of year because they're not playing anybody. You know, like they're not playing anybody. I don't really, if I want to pick to root for one quarterback over the other, I can, but I'm going to root for the starter once the game starts, whoever it is. Yeah, see, I, I don't fully agree with that. I think it's natural to have that knee-jerk reaction, but I think you should be rooting for both guys, even right now. I want Purdy to be 16 of 16 instead of 12 of 16. 
And I want Lance to be, I don't. you know, five of five or however many pass attempts. Like, I am rooting for both of them to be as good as possible. But I do have a preference. I Like, it will bother me forever if I don't get to see what Trey Lance can be. Even right. if he goes to another team, you know, yeah, if he goes to another team and succeeds, that answered the question. He was good enough. But even if he goes to another team and doesn't succeed, a lot of times it's very hard to make that trend. You don't see too many quarterbacks who didn't get a chance here and then they go somewhere else and that whole front office believes them enough to risk their jobs with that quarterback and see him succeed. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen very often. So to me, like, if I don't get to see what Lance does in a 49ers jersey, I will forever wonder what could have been. Whereas with Purdy, it's not quite the same. If Lance starts and does really well, I'm not going to find myself looking back going, darn, what what could have Purdy been? Because it's just they don't have the same ceiling, even though it's unlikely that Lance meets that ceiling that exceeds what Purdy can get to. It's still the question. And that when you draft somebody number three overall and you never get to see them play, it bothers you. Yeah, and I agree with that. But no, I don't I don't think I have to root for Brock Purdy right now. I'm rooting for the guy I want because I want to see that guy play. Well, once the season starts, I'm all in, all in, 100% on Brock if he's the starter, which it looks like he will be. Yeah, I'm going to be cheering him on, and I won't want him to throw interceptions or any of that stuff. But right now, when there's no opponent, I'm rooting for the outcome that I want to see. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see, actually, let us know if you agree with that or where you come down on all that. Maybe I'm in the minority. It wouldn't be the first time. That's for I, I honestly, I think if a lot of people are honest with themselves, they probably align cl- closer to what you were saying. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And the week finishes up with mimosas on Friday. Myself and Michelle Majuk, or as we like to call her, Mimosa Michelle. The 49ers are just kicking field goal attempts way too often when they get near the goal line. And you said that they led the league with 14 field goal attempts inside the 10 last year. They That's all- insane. Yeah. Say that again. 14 field goal attempts inside the what? The 10 yard line. But they also had 10 field goal attempts inside the five yard line, which also led the NFL. The Buccaneers were the only other team that had more than uh, seven such attempts last year. So they had nine. They're in second. No other team had more than seven, and the 49ers had 10. Like, inside the five. That's insane. Why would you do that? This, see, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about Shanahan and aggressiveness on fourth down. There's no downside to going forward on fourth down. If you don't get it, the other team is pinned so far back 
They're not going to be able to do anything. Like, what the Especially hell? Especially when you guys had that crazy of a defense left. Yes. And why not give your team one more chance to score? I don't understand it. Like, he's got to be, I, oh, God. If there is a Zoom call, I am jumping on that call, and I have to ask him about that. That is ridiculous. So it's it's 10 inside the 5, and how many inside the 10? 14. So 4, I would assume 4 from 10 yeah. to 14. That is insane. 15 field goals. From, no, no. Like no one on the team has been able to get it through his freaking head. That's what I don't understand. And he had a line in the play callers podcast series where he talked about how he he's so proud of himself because when he was a, an offensive coordinator, he always just called plays to score points. And now that he's a head coach, he's mature. And he realizes that you got to call plays to win games, not score points. no. You call plays to score points. Damn it, Kyle. You just ruined my Friday, Michelle. Well, he is a very conservative coach because not only that, but then I looked at the 49ers by down last year. On first down, they passed only 41% of the time that ranked 28th in the NFL. On second down, they passed only 53% of the time, which ranked 25th in the NFL. So like he, he is just conservative and it's, it worked out last year. Just fine. They were a good offense. They were a good defense, but you know, sometimes it doesn't all just work your way with, they got very lucky in the turnover department last year. Yes. And if they're not as lucky this year, I don't think you can be as conservative in all these games. I completely agree. And I know people are like, well, what are you complaining about? Look at his record. And they've been to the NFC championship game. It's like, yes, that's all true. But that doesn't mean he can't be better. And and when you look in the big games, especially playoff games, they're usually very close one score games. And your game management in that area is a huge factor in whether you win or lose. And he consistently makes the wrong calls in those situations. He makes it harder for the team to win. And it's very, very frustrating. And the the what really gets me is that he thinks he's being so smart about it. Like, no, dude, you're just wrong. He's a very good play caller. So, and they're just really good. Uh, just overall, they have so much depth, just really talented roster. So, I think that that balances things out, right? And they win a lot of games, but it's like you are making a little bit harder with how conservative you are. I I do think he needs to be a little bit bolder and then maybe they can take bigger leads in the first half and it doesn't always have to be so stressful in the second half or maybe earlier in the season, you can be a better team where you win games instead of being a three and four team and then having to like break off at the end of the year and be great. You should just be dominant all the time. That's what, is that too much to ask? (laughs) Right. All I'm asking for is total perfection. That's it for this week's show, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. If you want to support the channel, you can become a YouTube channel member or support the Gold Standard Podcast Network Patreon. However you want to do it, basically, we will take your money. So (laughs) thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon.